I'm Andy Murphy. in Crown Point, New Mexico. It's a little Navajo reservation town that's also a hub for education. There are two tribal universities there, and one of them is Navajo Technical University, which is across the street from the house I grew up in. It has the only accredited tribal college culinary arts program in the country. And in this episode, I put the spotlight on this program. Brian Tatsukawa is the culinary instructor. I'll let him introduce himself in just a bit, but later on you'll hear from two culinary arts students, Gibson Jones and Sheila Begay. So, here's Brian. Uh, My name is Brian Tatsukawa. I'm a certified executive chef uh, with the American Culinary Federation, and um, I pretty much grew up in the restaurant industry. My grandparents used to own the Eco Cafe, that's uh, located on 66. So I believe my great, great aunt and uncle are the ones who opened it. As I came along, I would work summers there and um, help out where I could. But I was running the cash register by nine, I think. Kind of started getting a taste for culinary there. And then I moved on to retail, did my time, and ended up at Lake Cordon Bleu because I was fed up with the retail world and thoroughly enjoyed my time there. Went to work for JW Marriott at Desert Ridge and cut my teeth there for a while and ended up moving back to Gallup to help open a cellular store uh, for my old boss and then started catering on the side. Then I helped open up Badlands Grill. Right around Christmas, our sales rep for Cisco uh, said that Navajo Tech was looking for an additional instructor and that I should apply. So I called up uh, Chef Woody and went out for my interview, and the rest has been history. So it's been just over nine years already. Wow. And I've enjoyed it ever since. I didn't know uh, you were part of that uh, Badlands Badlands uh, Grill. I know that came out uh, a while ago, um, and it, it's still yeah. there. I, I don't. I haven't visited that part of town in a while, and um, I haven't uh, been to that one. But I think I've been to uh, Eagle Cafe. Where, where's Eagle Cafe? Um, it's uh, downtown, next to Richardson's Trading Post. Okay. Um, they're really known for their lamb stew. Okay, nice. That was the the niche that she had (laughs) built. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. So tell me about the culinary arts program at uh, Navajo Technical University. Right now, we're currently the only tribal college with a culinary program that is accredited by the American uh, Culinary Federation Education Foundation. So that helps give us a little bit of an edge 
over others because once the students graduate from our program, which we have a certificate or an associate, we graduate as a certified culinarian, and then they have a certification in culinary nutrition, food safety, sanitation, management, supervision. We do our best to make sure the kids are ServSafe certified. So they graduate with all those accolades. So it helps make them more marketable in the industry. So then their new employers don't have to worry about, you know, hey, I've got to spend money, send you the ServSafe class, and I don't have you for a day. And it just helps them get in the door a little bit faster and move up the chain. You know, granted, they still put in their work, but it helps move them along a little bit quicker. We also do offer a baking degree and a certificate as well. Oh, cool. Yeah, I've been seeing some really cool stuff coming from uh, the baking program. Uh, I think it was last year. Was it the baking program? Or do you guys have like a whole chocolate program? But uh, you guys were here in Albuquerque for some kind of chocolate competition? Yeah, so our baking program participates in the Chocolate Tennessee, which I believe is a big fundraiser for the Natural History Museum Mm -hmm. in Albuquerque. So the students have to make a sculpture, and I believe it has to be 36 inches up off the table, 100% edible, 80% chocolate, and then 20% can be up to them, like Rice Krispie Treats or modeling chocolate or whatever the case may be, pulled sugar. I know two years ago they had managed to pull in this uh, chocolatier out of Vegas, and he came down and judged, and whoever won first place, got to do a free three-day course with them back in Vegas. So we had, uh, I believe, two students um, win first place, and they got to go to Vegas and take his class. And I believe it's like a $1,500 class. Wow. Not cheap by any means. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, uh, I I looked through um, some of those chocolate uh, sculptures, and they they don't look like they're cheap to put together. Um, and I think the NTU one, tell me about the NTU uh, sculpture. I thought I saw like a, a some kind of round face. Was it a clock or something? Maybe I'm thinking of like two year. different years. <laughs> um, I see, well, last year, I believe it was a Leonardo da Vinci. Oh, yeah. Um, for their team. So one of our students did a huge chocolate bust of da Vinci. Mm, okay. so that might be the one. And then... One of the students did this huge geometric design, and she played it a little bit smart. And so we have a 3D manufacturing lab. She went over there and uh, told them what she needed, and they designed a chocolate mold for her. And so she, you know, really took advantage of all the resources that she had at her fingertips. And it was pretty cool. And I think the year before that was the Yellow Brick Road. Oh, okay. Nice. Oh, that one was pretty cool and intense, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and you were just at another um, competition with a group of students, the um, AFC Student Team of the Year or the American Culinary Federation uh, Student Team of the Year competition. Uh, tell me about that, and uh, how did NTU do? Every year, each chapter has the opportunity to select um, a Student Team of the Year, Student Chef of the Year, Student Pastry Chef, and uh, uh, chef instructor of the year. And they give you a fairly set set of instructions. Like this year, we had to produce a Scoffier's version of um, a very old dish called Sol Veronique. So it involves silver sole and like a light butter sauce and um, 
So each team had to produce that according to um, the cookbook, uh, the guide culinary. And then after that, you know, we had to use chicken and a pastry cream and a tart shell. Other than that, they had free reign to do whatever they wanted. Um, the biggest catch was they had to do all of their skills prep in an hour and 20 minutes, and then they had to produce all the food, so all 12 plates, in an hour and a half. So, And they were only given one stove and uh, kind of a tight area to work in. For me, it was a lot of fun to watch, um, <laughs> as long as they were doing good. Because <laughs> yeah. there's always those times where, like, as an instructor, you're like, no, don't do that. You could have done it that way. <laughs> but... Um, so they went up against teams from Hawaii, Oregon, uh, I believe Utah. So it was our first year. The students worked really well together, and we took fifth place. So it was a little disheartening, but all the chefs, uh, the judges, other teams were like, man, you guys rocked it, you know. But the kids really learned a lot, um, and the chefs really did give them kudos because they were highly organized. They worked really well together. I mean, my, the team really gelled, and and it showed. And one of the judges even came up to me. She goes, "You know, how long has your team been working together?" I was like, "Like to be honest with you, I said about nine days." She goes, "What?" I was like, "Well, you got to understand where we're from. Forty miles is nothing." I was like, "But it does make it difficult for everybody to come together." Mm-hmm. I said, "One of these students lives in Las Cruces." And she's a distance learner. I said, so she came in two weeks ago, and we've just been hitting it every day. And she goes, so nine days. I'm like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> she goes, Brian, I know you're upset that you guys did a medal, but she goes, I've had teams that have practiced an entire year not perform as well as your kids did today. I was like, oh, okay, I don't feel so bad. Anymore. Yeah, that's so, awesome. <laughs> yeah, so they really did well. A couple of kids got job offers and... Um, I mean, we still walked away with successes. It was mm-hmm. just, we fell short of our goal. Yeah. So, but next year we'll be ready. So it seems like, you know, watching, watching the successes of your students is, you know, of course, a great part of being an uh, instructor. What are some other, um, maybe rewarding aspects about being an instructor there? Um, we've struck up a relationship with a, a company out of Alaska called NMS. And they deal with a lot of healthcare and school food purveyors. And um, they've been really energetic about our graduates. And so they've been hiring, I would say, probably 60% of our kids when they graduate. And it's been awesome to see the students actually get to leave. Because before, you know, we would do our best to place them. But a lot of them just wouldn't want to go very far. You know, when that happens, to me, it's too easy to go home. So then they, you know, when things get rough, they're like, you know, I'll just go home. I like we have two students in Nome, Alaska. So if they're having a rough day, there's no going home. So it's been cool to see them leave the nest and watching them grow because we'll, we still keep them in contact. And like when they're having a rough day, they'll be like, hey, chef, you know, this is what's going on. And, you know, we'll lend an ear and some advice and help them overcome that challenge. Like recently, one of the students, and she's working in Salee at Danae College for NMS, and um, she messaged me on Facebook. She goes, hey, chef, I just want to say thank you for helping me find this job. And yeah, with this job, I've been able to buy my own car for the first time in my life. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's, that's, that was everything. I was like, okay, doing something right. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's that's what's been really motivating me lately. So I've been really trying to encourage my students to go as far as they're comfortable yeah. and just experience the world so they understand how it really works. So then that way when they want to come home, they can make better choices, not just come home because they have to, but because they want to. They want to open a food truck so they can serve the food that they want to serve, not because, you know, everybody wants a mutton sandwich or they want Mexican food or, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's really what I'm trying to encourage them to do is go as far out as you're comfortable and then, you know, let it ride for five years, see what's out there and then Hey, you know, if you want to come home, that's cool. I understand. I've come home. You know, I'm. I live in Gallup. I've grown up in Gallup. I don't see anything wrong, but not having that experience outside of your comfort zone, I think, hinders their ability to go farther. Because mm-hmm. then, you know, they're just always comfortable, and I think we need to be uncomfortable sometimes to be better, to be more successful. I want to ask you about, uh, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, the, one of your students, she bought a car for herself uh, for the first time in her life. And, you know, that's part of the reason why we go into different fields is to, um, you know, create a life for ourselves, but to also, you know, help the community in, in all kinds of different ways. But um, how important is, you know, the culinary arts profession in any community in, you know, Little Crown Point? Tell me kids, at the end of the day, no matter what, people need to eat. So that'll give them an availability for a job. But what I also encourage them to do is food is a vehicle. You know, it's it's our time to gather and tell our stories for the day. And for us to be able to provide the ambiance for that to happen around food that you've created, it's an honor, you know, because a lot of times people can cook at home. At the end of the day, you know, it's still mean potatoes in some way, shape, or form, but their job is to make it the best meat and potatoes they can have at the best price point that they can give them. Having them understand that concept of bringing people together and still being able to provide for themselves, uh, for me, is what's also equally as important. But, you know, food is everything. It's healing. It's, it's family. It's togetherness. I had attended a NACA conference with that Nephi Craig had put on, and I was sitting in one of the lectures, and um, this lady was telling her uh, story about how her family was riddled with alcoholism and domestic violence and all these horrible things. And she was, and you know what brought my family back together is we started going out and foraging for food and then bringing that food back and cooking it. And um, she was, now my sons have quit drinking They've become fathers and better fathers for their children. And it was all because of food and being able to gather and tell their stories and have that sense of togetherness. So I really think sometimes society loses sight of that because we're so used to the convenience foods. So I really think culinary arts is the vehicle to where we can help break that convenience food factor. I mean, at the end of the day, people still need something fast, and I get it, but to provide a better place for families to come together when they don't want to stay at home and cook and, you know, bond over food. I think that's where my students and all of culinary professionals have that ability to help out. 
and provide that experience. So I think it's a very important thing, and it's often discounted as just a job for people who don't know what they want to do or society didn't know where to put them. So they send them to culinary arts or they send them to a trades job because, you know, it's a trade That was Brian Tatsukawa, culinary instructor at NTU. I also spoke with two students, Gibson Jones and Sheila Begay, on a recent visit to NTU. We recorded this audio at the university's radio station, KCZY. And this was just after the Native food presentation and demonstration that I gave on campus. Sheila, let's start with you since you're in position there. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about yourself, where you come from, and um, you know your your student uh, title here at NTU. Uh, hi, my name is Sheila Begay, and I'm a student here at NTU. I started in 2015, and I just recently graduated in December uh, with my associates in culinary arts and professional baking. Are you from here? Uh, yes, I'm from Crown Point. Right. I graduated high school from here, so. Nice. Okay. I've been here for a while. <laughs> yeah, I've, I graduated from Crown Point, too. Um, so, so what are some of the reasons why you decided to go into culinary arts? Uh, well, actually, culinary arts wasn't my first pick. I was more gravitating towards um, digital art, you know, painting and drawing, Um it wasn't until I had started uh, baking for friends and family, making cakes. I wanted to improve my skills because, you know, I didn't know a lot about making my own cakes from scratch, making my own frosting from scratch. You know, the Internet's a great place to start um, watching videos and everything, but you don't get feedback. You don't get told, oh, no, your frosting's too, it's too sweet or it tastes like butter or it's too salty. So I really wanted that one-on-one feedback. So that's what really brought me to NTU. Uh, as part of the professional baking curriculum, you have to take cooking basics. Uh, I took the class and I really enjoyed it. But what I noticed was that the other culinary arts students, they were doing other things, more advanced things. And I wanted to do that. So that's why I decided, you know, let me try culinary arts and see where it takes me. So what do you want to do in the future with uh, this knowledge of food, this knowledge of baking? Well, I would really like to, you know, get out into the working world, you know, see what it's like to work in a a high-end kitchen where everything's, you know, going, going, going. Um, I've, I really love that. I, I love the busyness. And I would just love to be able to work or intern at these different places that, bring you foods that you've never heard of, that you've never tried before. And I want to get as much knowledge as I can and bring it back here. You know, in the far future, I'd really love to own my own restaurant. Okay. All right. Um, Gibson. Hi again. My name is Gibson. Uh, I come from Arizona, small town, Tuba City to be exact, which is exactly three and a half hours drive west so that's the other end of the reservation yeah. <laughs> versus here in Crown Point being the east. <laughs> <laughs> Tuba City is bigger than Crown Point, right? Yeah, Tuba City is bigger and has like more variety of food to taste. Yeah, do you guys have <laughs> restaurants there? Um, restaurants, we have probably like two 
one like of them brick and mortar restaurants like a building and stuff yeah like it's called hogan's restaurant it's part oh. of the um hotel there yeah it's pretty good <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know as you've noticed here we don't have any no, restaurants here in crown point but we have a whole bunch of people doing work out of their homes yeah. people doing um you know the stew stand kind of work um so uh tell me about your passions in foods why did you come all the way from uh tuba <laughs> city to here to uh, uh uh this culinary arts program <clears throat> i started here at NTC when it was NTC. Right. <laughs> now it's then NTU. Before that was CIT. Yeah. <laughs> so I came here like in 2010, uh, the fall. I started in the fall. Um, I graduated in 2011 with my certificate in professional baking. And then I continue on with my associates in commercial baking, which I graduated in 2015. So now I'm doing the culinary, culinary arts major, which is pretty fun. And it's it's been different since the time I was here. Um, <clears throat> how I got into food, uh, the first food that I cooked, you know, was an egg. <laughs> nice. I just started cooking from there, you know, cooking for the family, trying different, like, tastes, you know, or what I see on TV. The, I tried I tried to do it at home, but it was bad and good at the same time. <laughs> Still got through it. Um, but the passion for food, you know, the taste, texture, the look of it. No, I want people to have that wow factor, if, like if I have it at my own restaurant. But no, that is the plan, or most of the plan for most of our students. Um, also, maybe make a, a bakery shop on the reservation. Um, I really don't see any bakery shops or like pastries or anything, except for bashes. But maybe just make it more high-end, you know, just different. Yeah, more variety. Yeah, more variety. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I always, whenever I'm thinking about starting a restaurant or anything like that, I'm going to say, it has to have a bakery yeah. in it because um, I don't know how many times I'd be driving around with my sister or with friends or just anybody <laughs> late at night, yeah. like, you know, after all the restaurants and bakeries have closed, and I'm like, I really want a cake right now, <laughs> but you can't never find that. <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, what, what are some of the uh, challenges you have maybe bringing some of these foods and uh, some of these ingredients that maybe your family hasn't heard of bringing that to your family and to your your personal you know dinner table at home um well most of the foods that are exotic don't come from here or they're not accessible um to us sometimes or no we had to make a drive maybe five hours six no, just to get it <laughs> maybe like in the city yeah when I cook at home, it's it. They like bland food sometimes, but I try to make it more tasty to their, to their taste. <laughs> mm-hmm. But no, it's it's different for them for sure because you no, know, they're just used to having potatoes. You no, know, like the regular food that everyone eats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, at home. <laughs> Yeah. What about, um, you know, like the the tools and the utensils that um, uh, that you you have all the access because I was in that kitchen today. You have all the access to all of these really great tools um, and utensils. But is it the same at home or are you kind of having to make do with less? Um, I make do with less at home. Um, We have our own uh, chef bag with supplies in it from class that I use. Um, But I do wish to have a big kitchen like that with all those dishes and 
all that nice stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's like some of my favorite sections in any kind of store is the kitchen aisles. Um, And um, it's kind of hard to be able to, you know, feel feel that passion uh, and and have the space for it. Because if you notice, you know, all the uh, apartments, they have tiny, tiny kitchens. And, you know, when in my apartment, my the back room became sort of like a pantry (laughs) because it wouldn't all fit in the the uh, kitchen, little yeah. tiny kitchen. So um, I think that's been sort of a, a barrier, too, that a lot of people have to face is just having the access and the funds to have that really good blender, that, um, you know, that mixer, that uh, really good, uh, you know, chef knife. Yeah. Chef knife. <laughs> um, how do you think we can... Um, we can make do without some of those things, or do you think we're doing an okay job right now? Um, I, s- I believe we're doing an okay job because uh, I guess natives just come up with certain things in their head, like I can use this for that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just multitask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sheila, um, wh- what, are, what are some challenges that you've noticed um, in, in your own kitchen and, and bringing some of these foods to your family? Well, I would think it would be availability, when we did the demonstration and you used um, quinoa, you know, there's no quinoa b- at bashes. Yeah. There, it's, it's definitely limited, but um, I try to make do with what's available there, especially what's in season. So if something calls for cranberries or grapefruit or something that's not in season, you try to replace it with something that's there and that's affordable. Because cooking for, you know, a family of... Uh, I would say six, you know, it's it gets expensive, especially if you're trying to incorporate these different exotic ingredients. For my family, I try to get them to try different things. You know, I try to add a little bit at a time and not bombard them with everything that I've taken from class. And, you know, they're usually like, well, why why don't you make that at home? You know, why can't we have that at home? And what they don't realize is some of those ingredients are expensive. You know, we did um, confit duck, and that's not something you can <laughs> <laughs> just do at home yeah. for six people. So yeah. it's it's a challenge. You know, I want to do what I learn at school, at home, but I have to just use what I'm given. Tell me about that first dish that really like inspired you or maybe like really woke you up to, you know, what what a good flavor is to you. There's there's been so many dishes and just so many ingredients. Um, But I know when I was in cooking basics, uh, the class, the the culinary class was doing something with fish and it was the way they they plated the fish that really caught my attention, you know, because I'm, I'm not really a fan of fish. So it was kind of like, oh, hey, you want to try my fish dish? And I was like, uh, no. <laughs> and then they brought it to me and I was like, wow, that looks really nice and, you know, enticing. So it, it really changed my mind. So I was like, OK, yeah, sure. I'll try your fish. <laughs> um, so that's one of the things that really, really caught my attention was how creative they were with you know four ingredients and I wanted to do that you know so that's what really sort of kind of roped me in you know it wasn't the taste it wasn't the the ingredients it was 
look how beautiful I made this plate. You know, you you don't like fish, but you want to try it. <laughs> so I I think that's what really brought me in. And Gibson, I see you nodding your head. Uh, do you have a story or do you have a dish you like to talk about that really kind of awoken your passion for food? I guess it would be my mom's cooking. You know, it was different taste-wise. It was different than other family members cooking. And, you know, it kind of just inspired me to do maybe more and maybe more tasty than before. You guys were at the presentation today, and um, I always like to talk about the importance of learning how to cook and um, learning how to cook as being part of the whole move to be healthier. Um, where did you guys first learn how to cook? Was it um, at home or high school? I got into the home ec class in high school, which was pretty fun. And that's where it kind of sparked my mind to, you know, maybe I can do this something in college. That's when I found out um, NT, NTC, NTU now um, offered these courses. That, and I came out here. Uh, so I started cooking in high school. Um, I would cook for my younger siblings. Um, the first dish I ever learned how to make was spaghetti. So yeah. it's safe to say now I'm very proficient in spaghetti making now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but these days I try to, I've learned a little bit more about it. And I try to make each spaghetti dish different. You know, there's different noodles and I didn't know that when you use different noodles, it's not called spaghetti anymore. <laughs> but that's when I first learned to cook. I learned how to cook, um, you know, hamburgers. Um, I was pretty confident with ground beef, um, steak. But when I first ventured into chicken, I was a little bit more wary because um, I had a, a mishap when I when I cooked um, some barbecue chicken and it wasn't cooked all the way through. So <laughs> it sort of scared me for a while. It was like, you know, I don't really want to cook chicken for a while. I'm afraid to poison somebody. So. Did you did you get sick or did somebody get sick uh, at that time? We did get sick, me oh, and my, no. my boyfriend. <laughs> so <laughs> this is when um, we had moved in together and, you know, I was like, okay, I'm the girlfriend. I'm supposed to cook. <laughs> How has that been, um, you know, combining your your passion for cooking with his? Is he just as passionate about food or is he just like eat whatever's in front of him? Um, he loves food. He loves steak, hamburgers. Um, I'm more geared towards healthy eating right now. So, you know, it's it's a challenge because at home, I prepare what my family usually eats, and then on the side, I prepare something for myself. It's been a change, but now I'm like slowly trying to incorporate how I eat into what my family eats. They don't always like it, but you know, I, I tell them, "You'll thank me in the long run." <laughs> okay, um, so um, you were you were hanging around, you were helping me during the presentation. Was there anything that I did wrong? I mean, I I didn't go to culinary art school. Was I like holding the knife wrong or something? Or? Um, I would just say sanitation wise, no, just cleaning, okay. keep it keep it neat. <laughs> okay, yeah, I left a mess all over the place. 
<laughs> yeah, it was it was uh, kind of um, scary for me to go into yeah. this for my first time, and I'm like, you know, in my own kitchen, I know how to move in my yeah. own kitchen, and it I know where a, the knives are and everything. It's like a bigger kitchen. <laughs> yeah, that was my first time ever like cooking in a commercial kitchen. <laughs> when I first got there, I'm like, oh, where's the knives at? <laughs> where are oh, the no. knives? I need a spatula. <laughs> and I was just standing there, and I was like the first one there. Was it with you? You showed up too. And I was, I didn't have uh, any idea where anything was. And I'm glad you guys showed up. And, and thank you for, for, yeah. you know, help, helping me out with that. It was a, it was a really big help because when I first showed up, I was like, oh no, I know where my spoons are in my kitchen, <laughs> but where are they here? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been fun, you know, cooking for the people in the community and um, having them learn like healthy nutritional meals for themselves and their family. And I'm glad that our, our, our school and program is doing this. like to say thank you to the guys at KCZY, the Navajo Technical University radio station, for letting me record in the studio. Toasted Sister plays regularly on KCZY. This podcast is supported by the Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation, and if you like the work that I do here, please consider buying an official Toasted Sister coffee mug from the website. That's ToastedSisterPodcast.com. You could also make a donation or support by leaving a review of this podcast on iTunes. It helps more people find out about this show. And music was created for Toasted Sister by CWION. Check them out on Bandcamp or visit CWION.com. That's C-W-A-Y-O-N.com. And keep tabs on the band on social media. Thanks for listening. I'm Andy Murphy. Andy Murphy.